Well, again, good morning. It's great to have you here. If you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, this morning, we are continuing on with our message series called The New You. And what we've been looking at over these first couple of weeks of this new year is really looking at how you and I can experience in our lives the new you. Because many times in our lives, there's certain aspects of who we are or what we do that we look at our life and we just, we aren't satisfied. There's things that we haven't reached or that we haven't done and we desire to improve on those things. And it might be just that you look at your overall life and the direction that you're headed and you're like, oh, that's not where we wanted to be or what I wanted to be. Or, or maybe you look at your physical health and you're like, I could improve those things. And so we're really looking at how can we develop as we go into this new year, sort of the new you and what that would look like. We've been looking at a particular verse um, out of a letter that was written by one of the early church leaders. His name was Paul, and he was writing to one of the ancient churches in the city of Corinth, and it's going to be on your screen in your message notes, and this has just been the theme that we've been looking at uh, throughout this series. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When you and I enter into a relationship with Jesus, it changes us. The better that we know him and the closer that we get to him, the more it should transform who we are and how we approach each and every day and the way that we live. And during the first couple of weeks of this, we identified the, a definition for the new you. And what we've been looking at is recognizing that the new you is the you that God intended for you to be. The new you is who God created you to be and who he longs for you to become and, and ultimately that he wants you to experience his blessing in every area of life and as that begins to pour over into who you are. This morning I want to look at an area that oftentimes we ignore but has some very tremendous impact and control on our well-being, on the joy that we feel in life, on the fulfillment that we have in other areas of life. This is a particular area that determines whether we're going to have a good day or a bad day. This particular area can determine whether we're optimistic about the future or pessimistic about the future. This area can determine whether we're hopeful or depressed. This area can determine whether when things go bad, do we lose our temper or do we manage to keep our cool? And it's the area of emotional health. And there's some in here this morning, you might be thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. Guys, Okay, ladies, I'm guessing you're like, yeah, yeah, and guys are like, no, I, I, that's not me. I don't need to deal with my emotions. And if you set it that low, then it's even more important if you like go to that lower octave. But what we have to understand is that the new you, if you're like, I don't have big emotions, it's, it's not about always big emotions. Sometimes it's the small ones that we don't see at first, that if we don't get them under control, if we don't begin to see them and ha begin to deal with them, they can begin to have a ripple effect into our lives. So this morning, I want to really begin to allow you to set some foundation, some habits for how you can begin to live in an emotionally healthy way, even for the rest of your life. Because if right now you're not experiencing problems emotionally, this is the best opportunity to get a really good foundation so that as you move through life, if you experience things that might throw you off, now you're set up for success in that area. And sometimes what we discover is that in life, we can go through wide ranges of emotions. Sometimes we can go through a wide range of emotions in a matter of moments. If a situation suddenly changes or something new comes into the, into the equation, suddenly our emotions can go up or down. So I want to show you some pictures on the screen. And I want you to really process what emotion does this particular image elicit? What does it begin to create within you? So here you go. Take a look at this first image. Oh, that worked. Um, tell me what... Oh, go back, go back, go back. Sorry, go back. Okay, what, how does this make you feel? What, what, what emotion? 
Oh, is that actually an emotion? I didn't know that was technically emotion. Uh, would we say that maybe love? Oh, love, okay. All right, how about this one? What does this one make you feel? Oh, not again. Not again. I got to tell you, that gum looks worse on the screen. It's so, what emotion? Not again. Yeah, disgust. Okay, how about this one? Sad. The first one, the one before this was sad, and then this is even sadder. How about this one? <laughs> empathy. Do we feel empathy for this poor child? How did he get, are those corn? How did he get three corn on each? Interesting. You're not eating it. All right, how about this? What's, what, what's this? What emotion? Stress. Loss, frustration. Yep. Good. How about this one? happy fantastic good teeth is that an emotion somebody good teeth and in a moment we can look at each of those pictures and if we tie into them our our emotions can jump with each and every one of them And, and we can go through a wide range of emotions in a very short amount of time and if our emotions can adjust just by looking at some pictures just by attaching or beginning to look at those emotions that are created as we look at those If that happens by looking at pictures, imagine what happens, and I'm sure you know what happens, in our real life as we deal with everyday situations. Our emotions can go up and down so quickly just by something that we see or something that we impact or that happens in our life. And if we're not careful and if we don't begin to create some healthy habits, if we don't begin to set up some things for ourselves that we can deal with those, we become victims to our emotions and the things that we feel in a moment and in an instant. And for some of us, maybe more than others, uh, we've all experienced probably that moment in our life where something happens where suddenly we recognize we were ruled by our emotions rather than us ruling our emotions. Maybe for you in your life, you're you're dealing with some fear and some worry, and, and because of that fear and the worry, it's kept you from making some choices financially that you really need to make. Maybe it's anger and bitterness. And that anger and bitterness that's always right on the surface is is causing all of your friends and family to really operate and live on eggshells when they're around you. Maybe there's envy and jealousy and it's really keeping you from being able to enjoy all that God has blessed you with because you're always looking at what other people have and not appreciating what God has done in your life. And none of those experiences are what God has created us to experience And God wants us to experience the very best in our emotional life and to find a way to live healthy in that regard. There was an ancient guy named Solomon who wrote some very wise things. Um, Solomon wrote this. He said this, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Here's what we have to get. No matter how healthy you are physically, if you and I are not emotionally healthy, we are not healthy it will eventually wear into who we are physically. And so my goal this morning is to really begin to develop and begin to help you see a biblical plan for how you can become and then how you can remain healthy in your life. Because I'm not just talking about this moment. We're talking about the long run. And how do we begin to establish that? And so what I want us to begin to understand this morning is how powerful emotions are. And in order to do that, uh, in your notes, I've put down three truths about emotions. Three truths about emotions in our life that if we can begin to embrace these truths, we can begin to see the value of emotions. Because emotions aren't bad. Emotions aren't wrong. 
We just have to learn to develop some strategies and to begin to do some things that will prevent our emotions from damaging the lives of our, of our own self and of people around us. And as we begin to recognize the reality of these truths, they will help us develop the new you and to become all that God wants you to be. So the first truth is this. The first truth is to understand that God has emotions. Oftentimes we don't even realize it. We don't even think about the fact that, that God is an emotional God. And because of the fact that God has emotions, because of the fact that, that he sometimes is moved by his emotions, it confirms to us that it's not wrong to have the emotions that we have from time to time. It proves actually that it's possible to have the emotions that we experience and that it's possible to manage them in a way that's healthy and right. God experiences most of the emotions that we felt. God feels joy. He feels grief. God goes through pain. God experiences anger when sin is ruining people's lives. God feels frustration at times when, when people aren't responding to the way that he's working in their lives. God experiences these emotions. And the fact that God experiences emotions and the fact that you and I were made as in his image is why we have emotions. So the first truth that we have to understand is that, that God is a God that has emotions. And then the second truth that we need to understand is that emotions are actually a gift from God. Now, in those moments in your life where maybe you just totally lose your mind and you decide you need to fight the guy at Starbucks that cut in front of you, or maybe you just, you're telling the clerk how stupid she is because clearly the sign over the macaroni and cheese, it does say, buy two, get one free, lady. Okay, personal examples, but um, <laughs> no, I think I, I, I never yelled at the clerk at the macaroni store, but I have had a the situation where I wanted to fight the guy. Uh, but anyway, in, in those moments... In those moments where our emotions get the best of us, we're like, that is not a gift from God. But what we need to realize is that even our negative emotions can play a very important role in our life and recognize that they can be a gift. Those emotions in our life can actually be a great asset to us. Those emotions are one of the primary reasons that, and gifts that we understand that we are distinctly human. It's those emotions that mean we're not just a robot moving through life and you're... Emotions are what give us the ability to love and to create. Emotions are what drive us to defend the innocent. Emotions lead us to be kind. Emotions can lead us to fight for justice, to be faithful, to be generous. And those are all good things. And sometimes it's those negative emotions that, that aren't necessarily bad because they motivate us to do something good and to create good in our world. And they're what make us distinctly human. And ultimately, our emotions are a gift from God. And then the third truth about our emotions is that emotions can't always be trusted. Our emotions are notoriously unreliable. Because typically, when our emotions run really high, either super positive or they run really low and something very negative happens, our emotions are typically, in those situations, not dealing with all of the information. You jump on Facebook and you see some friend that's now on their second vacation of the year. Ugh. And you start to get jealous. And then you start to get angry and you're like, how can they afford that? We have about the same job. How are they making so much more money than we are? And then you start to think, well, they're just spending it foolishly. We deal with our money better. But what we don't realize is that, that, that maybe their mom is dying of cancer and has now decided to take the family on one last trip. She didn't have all the information. And our emotions got the best of us. 
Maybe you're driving down the freeway and all of a sudden some idiot just cuts in front of you and pulls in front and you're like, what in the world? What's the deal with this guy? He's only interested in himself. He doesn't care about other people. What you, he's the only one important out here and our blood starts to boil and the rage starts to build and we're starting to accelerate because we're going to give him the old one finger salute and we're like... And then all of a sudden we notice in the, in the car that there's like a lady sitting next to him and it looks like she's breathing hard and oh, he's trying to get his wife to the hospital because she's about to have a baby. Maybe you're watching your favorite team and all of a sudden the score is, the top clock is running down and the guy takes a shot at the last second, game winning buzzer beater, and it goes in and you're dancing and your heart explodes with excitement and you're trash talking the opponent's fans and all of a sudden you break out into a rendition of we are the champions and you're like, yeah! And then all of a sudden you notice the refs are watching a replay. And then they show it on the monitor and the ball is still in his hand when the red light goes off. And the shot doesn't count and your team is actually knocked out of the tournament it's so easy for our emotions to lie they can't really be trusted they can't be something that we depend on we have to be able to we can go with them but we have to also recognize that sometimes we don't have all of the information we don't always have everything and these three truths can help us begin to recognize that god has emotions and that it's a gift from us but we don't always have them and if we don't begin to recognize that then our emotions become a burden rather than a gift god doesn't want that for us god wants us to begin to recognize that that we don't have to be controlled by our emotions we can actually be controlled by god and we have to choose whether we're going to be controlled by god and that plays into what we do with our emotions or whether or not our emotions are going to control us and then we need god to come clean up the mess we can't choose both we have to either choose one or we have to choose the other are we going to choose to be emotionally driven people that are just going to live life and then let God clean it up? Or are we going to be individuals that are God-driven people that allow Him to control our circumstances or control how we respond to our circumstances and allow Him to help us live in such a way that we begin to deal with and care for those around us? Because oftentimes in our life, we, we don't look to God first. One way we look at our situation, one way we look to God first. And when we look to God first, what we're doing then is we're looking to God first and then we're viewing all of the events based on what we know to be true of God. Look at God and recognize God's love for us and now we look at our situation. Recognize God's power in our life and now look at our situation. Recognize God's strength in our life and now we look at our situation. And God's compassion and peace. And when we're looking through God first, then the circumstances that we're dealing with and the emotions that we apply to those can have a whole new way of rippling out and dealing in our lives. And if we begin to look to God first, what that approach allows us to do, it allows you to begin to experience the new you emotionally. Now what I want to do is I want to try to add some real personal context for each of you this morning. And in the next moment, what I want you to do is I want you to really consider, what is the emotion? Or maybe what are the emotions that are dominating your life? Just, just think back to the last couple of days or maybe throughout this last week. Consider what is the emotion, what is the feeling that is most prevalent? What is it that seems to show up over and over again? What is it that seems to be a part of almost every day? And as you identify that emotion or those emotions, I want you to write them down on the side of your message notes in the margin. 
Because I want you to identify that, and I want you then to listen to the remainder of this message and consider, what would my life be like? How would I experience life differently? How could I become the new me emotionally as it relates to these emotions in my life? And then in pursuit of that, I want to explore four choices, four actions that we need to take. The first choice, the first action that we need to take is to recognize that God understands your emotions. Whatever it is that you're feeling, God knows what you're feeling, and he's experienced likely himself, and he understands where you're coming from. And what we need to be aware of is that our life is full of good moments and bad moments. And we all know that there are moments that we cherish, and we all know that there's moments that we've experienced that we don't cherish at all. Moments of pain and moments of sadness. And as we think about those moments of being extremely happy, and then almost in one minute after that, being extremely sad because some news comes or whatever it would be, or, and maybe you even walked in here today and you went through an array of emotions all week long ups and downs and ups and downs and and what happens typically is when we're going up and down and we begin to go through that we struggle to recall the positive moments and all of the the down moments begin to say that's what it's all that's what my life is all about and we don't be we really struggle to hold on to those moments that we're encouraging and it it takes work to hold to those and so when we're struggling with pain and we're up and down and maybe you came in this morning and you you struggled with the pain all week and you're battling moments of anger and anxiety what happens when we're having these ups and downs and we can't hold on to the ups in our minds very well and we keep seeing those downs is we go into this process of telling ourselves a lie that, that nobody understands what I'm facing. Nobody else understands the emotions that I'm dealing with and how they're up and how they're down. And, and nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody really gets what I'm facing. And after we begin to apply that to other people that they don't get what I'm dealing with, they don't understand what I'm going through, then all of a sudden what we do is we throw that lie onto God. And we begin to think, well, God doesn't really understand. I don't know, I, we begin to think, I don't even know if God cares about me in this moment. And whatever it may be, what we have to understand is that God knows our pain. And sometimes in those negative emotions, if we don't begin to recognize that God knows our pain, and if we don't recognize that he cares about who we are, in those moments we'll move towards bitterness and we'll move towards resentment. And it's possible that some of you are here this morning physically, but mentally you are somewhere else. And as soon as we started talking about emotions, you started thinking about all the things that you dealt with this last week, and you started thinking about all the things that are coming this next week, and all of the pain and all of the emotions, and they started to stir up, and you begin to think, I don't even know if God even cares. I don't even know if God is noticing where I'm at. I want to take a look at some words that were written by a guy named David. When we look at David's life, David experienced pretty much every emotion known to man. And pretty much every time David experienced one of these emotions, he experienced them in some of the most extreme circumstances imaginable. Things that you and I will probably never go through. This is what David wrote. David wrote, said, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. Everything about me. He knows what we've done. He knows the choices that we've made. He knows what we're going through. And he knows what we're feeling. And he knows you intimately. And the reality is that God actually knows you better than you know you. And God knows exactly what you're feeling. And he longs for you to experience health emotionally. And because God knows what you're feeling, he understands why you're feeling that. And he gets why you're experiencing the emotion that you're feeling. 
And when we begin to understand that God knows what it is that we're going through and that God cares about those emotions, it becomes safe to approach God and talk to him about what we're feeling. Because you and I will never go to God and we will never surprise him when we tell him what we're going through. When you come to God and you're like, I am so angry. You could go to God and say, God, I am so angry at you. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, let's, okay, let's deal with it. You can come to God and be, God, I am so scared about my future. He's like, let's work on that. God, I am so excited about, God, I'm nervous. God, I'm experiencing a love that I've never experienced before. God, I am so hopeful. Whatever it is, when you and I go and we talk to God about it, the beautiful thing about it is that he already understands. He already understands our situation. And so we can go to him without fear that we're somehow telling him a secret that he's going to be like, oh, I didn't know that means we don't have to be afraid we don't have to be scared of facing whatever it is that you wrote down in the margin on the side of your notes you don't have to face that alone because he's ready and willing to walk through those emotions with you because he already understands what it is that you're dealing with and he's ready to help you face it and deal with it the, the second decision we need to make in terms of the emo, finding the emotional new you is that we need to fill fill your minds with godly thoughts Again, we have to decide what's going to be the guiding force when it comes to our emotions. What is it going to be? And you and I, we get to decide. Is it going to be our circumstances that determine our emotions? Or are we going to let God lead us for how we will respond to the circumstances that we face with, face and deal with? Because it can't be both. If it's God that's going to help us control it, if it's God that's going to lead us dealing with those emotions, it's actually a decision that we have to make before we enter into those moments. If you and I want to let our emotions just can be controlled by our circumstances and we're just going to walk through life and whatever happens, then we're just going to respond to that, then all we have to be ready to do is deal with the fallout. But when we choose God, that God is going to help direct us and that God is going to be the one that helps move us through those situations, we have to prepare before we get there. Years ago, more years than I want to admit, I went through driver's ed. Um, and I happened to go through a school called Defensive Driving. It's still there. If you have kids that are about to turn 16, I would say take them. We sent two of our kids to it. We're great. We sent one of our kids to another school. Should have sent them to the other school. Anyway, um, what I loved about defensive driving is the fact that so much of the class revolved around planning and knowing and anticipating and reacting to circumstances and situations. It wasn't, we, we spent some time on the rules and we spent some time, but really it was talking about what are the issues, what are the things that you're going to see out there, how do we make sure that in our minds we know what we're going to deal with. And so we talked about watching for kids that are in the side yard and playing, and is the, do they have a ball, and what about that ball, it might roll into the street and anticipating before it even happens. Being aware of how much space do I have on the shoulder in case the car in front of me stops suddenly, can I, do I have an escape route? We were constantly having to identify the green light ahead of us. And, and was it a fresh green light or was it a stale green light? Because if it's a stale green light, it's been green. It might turn yellow and be anticipating that. Don't get caught off guard. Continually reviewing and looking at our rearview mirror. And every, every time we were about to turn and after we turned. And then five seconds, we were like constantly looking in our mirror to know what was behind us. And they were constantly drilling these things into our minds, filling our minds so that when we got into the situation, we knew the technique before it even happened. And if you and I want to thrive emotionally, we have to begin to fill our minds with the things of God before the situation. Which means we need to spend time reading our Bible. It means we need to engage in worship more than just Sunday mornings. don't know if you know you can do that. 
We can talk with people about godly characteristics and about who we see God being. And then the more that we think on those things, then the more that we're going to gravitate towards emotions that are going to be healthy before they get the best of us. Back to Psalms and what David wrote in terms of the, the value of God's word and filling our minds with that. David said, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Notice he doesn't say, so I was lying in the dust, basically meaning my life was a disaster and I was revived by Disney+. Plus. There's nothing wrong with Disney+. Plus. He doesn't say, I was weeping with sorrow and had a beer. Now I'm encouraged. He doesn't say that. Instead, he says, listen, my emotions, they were real and they were raw. And instead of allowing my emotions, because I'm lying in the dirt, rather than letting my emotions direct how I responded, I went to your word. I turned to who you are and your word revived me. He let him, his emotions not drive who he was, and he allowed his emotions to drive him to the presence of God. And that's what we need in our lives. We have to fill our thoughts with, with godly ideas and let his peace fill us so that instead of worry, we're looking at who God is. And we're turning to the things that we know about who he is rather than, rather than fear and instead of anxiety and the things that oftentimes can overwhelm us. We allow these godly ideas to begin to fill our minds to be the things that we turn to instead of all of those other things that could take place and that worry and that fear and that anxiety that can oftentimes get the most of us. Many years later, a guy by the name of Paul, we looked at what he wrote earlier, Paul wrote this in Philippians 4.18. He said, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul's like, fill your minds with God's word. Fill your mind with the truth of God's word. Let your, let your mind rest in and be locked in on the truth. That's what he's saying. Focus on this. And when we begin to intentionally think on these things, when we find ourselves intentionally thinking about what is true and what is right, when some coworker says something stupid and it makes us feel like we're not valuable and like we're not helping the company instead of like buying into that, we say, God, what do you say about me? What is the truth about who you view me to be? Rather than just lighting the guy up and telling him off instead of that, we turn to God and say, God, how do you view me? The truth is you view me as valuable and you view me with a purpose. And then when we spend time considering what is honorable and what is right, when life starts to feel like we've been cheated and everything's let us down and we don't feel like it's been fair and all of a sudden we have the emotions that we deserve this thing and I can't afford that thing, but I need that thing. When we allow our emotions to start to get the best of us, instead we turn to what is honorable and recall that God is saying, no, 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 you are, you are right and you can handle this correctly. You don't need to take something that isn't yours or spend something that you shouldn't spend money on. God's saying, no, 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 no. Do what is right. Do what is honorable. And if we fill our minds with what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and admirable, admirable that will then become the default response when people or when life throw things at us that can oftentimes get the best of us emotionally. Last two choices that we may need to make in terms of the new you emotionally is we need to invest in connections that support emotional health. If we're going to experience emotional health, we need people to go through life with us. We need people that whatever is going on, there's going to be people in our life that are going to, to celebrate times of joy, and we need people that are going to encourage us in times of despair. Some more words that were written by the wise gentleman named Solomon. He said this. He said, two people are better off than one. 
for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. God did not intend for you to live life alone. There's power in numbers. And having people in your life that, that can pray with you and encourage you is such an important part of being healthy emotionally. It allows you to begin to, to approach things in a way that allows you to deal with those things and process those things and walk alongside each other. But it takes intentionality. Because rarely in life will people just say, hey, let me come alongside of you. How do I invest in you? Rarely do people just do that because you and I, it starts by you and I choosing to invest, to give of ourselves, to initiate, to start the process. And honestly, one of the best places to look for it is within the church. And one of the things that you need to do is consistently be at church. And what happens so many times is that when our emotions start to get us down and, and we start to get discouraged or we start to feel hurt or we start to feel like life hasn't gone the way we wanted it to be and those discouragement and that hurt begins to build and those emotions have us down, oftentimes what happens is we're like, I don't really feel like being at church. I don't know if I really want to be around people right now. I'm just not feeling up for it. And then what happens is it becomes sort of this catch-22 because we're feeling bad and we don't really want to be around people and then we don't show up and then we're like, oh man, I haven't really been around people for a while and nobody's really invested in me. And then the depression starts to grow and the fear begins to go and then we're like, I don't want to go to church because I wasn't there last week and I don't know how people are going to feel about me and then I can't really be around people right now. And all of a sudden this, this spiraling begins to happen and relationships begin to fade and sadness begins to set in and isolation, and it just... So even when we don't feel like being at church, probably especially when we don't feel like showing up, that's the moment we need to show up. Those are the important moments to, to get connected and be surrounded. They'll allow people to know you. And if we really want to be known, if we really want to create those connections that can, that can truly make a difference in our life, we have to begin to connect on deeper levels. That's why connect groups are so important. We don't just put them out there because we want to entertain you. Like, hopefully they're fun, and hopefully it's a, you know, but, but ultimately we want to develop relationships that support each other emotionally. You and I, we get to be that for other people, and other people get to be that for us. And really our goal is that every single person that goes to Silver Creek would be a part of at least one connect group. Again, not because we want our connect groups to be full, but because we understand that each of us need it. And there's really no reason that anybody that is a part of Silver Creek is missing out on connections because there are enough groups that meet at enough different times that if you and I will make it a priority and get plugged into one of those groups, we will begin to create those connections. And honestly, our groups just got started, and if you're not plugged in, you need to make it a priority to be a part of one of those groups and sign up for it and then show up for it and make it a priority in your life and to begin to create those connections that will help you deal with the emotions of life. And then the last choice that you and I need to make is that we need to pinpoint the true origin of negative emotions. We need to be really willing to think and acknowledge and admit what's going on and understand that there's different seasons in our life and there, there are some seasons that we go through where it's, it's not happy, where, where there's these seasons that are negative, that we're dealing with lots of negative emotions because of what life is throwing at us, and that's just how life goes. Sometimes we face those, those negative emotions in our life. And the key is not just looking at that tip moment or that top emotion that we're feeling, but really beginning to identify what's the true source of that. 
and understand that it isn't always the easiest thing to know where that emotion is coming from. So we have to reflect on it. We have to ask God for it. We have to say, God, would you help me process this? What it might mean is you've got to find a counselor where you can sit down and really begin to dig through those things. And sometimes Christians will say, well, if I'm really spiritually mature, probably don't need a counselor. I mean, I, it's got to just turn to God. No, not at all. In the same way that God has provided medical doctors to help when your arm is broken or when your heart is not working, or what, God has designed medical doctors or medical people that know how our minds work and to be able to help us process through those things. And it's way better to get in and start talking to a counselor before you reach the breaking point, before the ship starts sinking. But whatever it is that you need to do to begin understanding where the, the kind of the root of those negative emotions are coming from, you need to do it. Counseling or journaling, conversations with friends, reading, staying in the Bible, praying, whatever it is, we have to find that origin. Again, we go back to Psalms 139. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We can turn to God and say, God, would you help me begin to understand and realize what the source of these emotions are? God, where are they truly coming from? God, is it, a, is it because of resentment that I'm holding on to? Is it because of my inability to forgive someone or, or even to forgive myself? God, what is it deep inside of me that I need to, to overcome? Maybe it's just stress in your life. Maybe you need to make some really difficult decisions to begin to remove some of the areas of stress that are just weighing you down talked last week about the value of sleep how oftentimes if we're not getting enough sleep we will lead towards negative emotions i mean if you've ever been around a kid that doesn't go to bed on time like the sweetest little kid can turn into a complete monster and as adults we figured out better ways to hide it but when you and i are not getting enough sleep we will get stressed out quicker we'll become angry easier and we will say things we regret faster and it could simply be by you and I making some choices to get a little bit more sleep. To do the things that we can do to move beyond that. And it might be that you're honestly dealing with some depression or some anxiety or, or some a medical diagnosis for you mentally that you need to process and you need to visit a doctor. I've shared with you before that several years back it got really dark for me for a while some deep depression, and it was going to a doctor and being able to talk to him about some things that were going on and for him to prescribe some medicine that really be, allowed me to stabilize and be able to process life. And God has equipped us and given us the opportunity to find those resources. But God desires for you to live emotionally healthy lives. It doesn't mean that life is always going to be happy and rainbows and puppy dogs, so we have to be ready to deal with it be willing to dig down and find that point of origin for where it's coming from and deal with those things and to begin to understand that that god values us and that god cares for us understand that ultimately he wants you and i to discover the new you emotionally and every week we put in your program these green connect cards and the challenge is for you to mark for yourself what it is that you need to do based on what you've heard this morning reflect on what you've heard and consider what is it that Jesus is calling you to do so that you can move closer to that new you emotionally. It's a great opportunity for you to put prayer requests on there, for us to be praying for you as God is working in your life. But as you think about this idea of the new you emotionally, what's the next step that you need to take? Maybe your next step is to reflect on times where your emotions couldn't be trusted. 
to recognize that truth. Maybe your next step is to give two more minutes a day to read or to listen or to memorize God's word to begin to fill your mind with godly thoughts. Maybe your next step is to choose to not accept any excuse and just join a connect group. Get into one so that you can begin to develop those relationships. And maybe your next step is to choose to dig deeper to discover where your neg negative emotions originate from. Whatever it is, I would just again challenge you this morning to respond to what God is saying to you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the ways that you work in our lives, for all the things that you do for us. And God, thank you for the fact that, that you want to work in our lives, in our emotions. And God, oftentimes we just want to push those aside or say they're not valid or say that we don't need to deal with them. But God, they have such a huge impact on how we approach life and how we approach and deal with people. God, would you help us to be really honest with ourselves, to be really honest with you and to take the steps and do the things that we need to do to help become who you desire for us to be and who you created us to be. Again, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, during the